Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, December 19th, the Screen Time Struggles Edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 8, and Teddy, who's 6. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine and a half, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I host the Best Advice Show podcast, and I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is five, and my youngest, Ami, is two. Today, as we head into winter break, we wanted to answer a question about helping kids manage their screen time. But first, we have a very full mailbag and wanted to share all the fun feedback we've been getting. First, Jamila, you're off the hook on this one, but Zach, you and I are getting a talking to from a restaurant Uh server for saying it was okay to let kids run around at certain restaurants. I love you all dearly, but have none of you ever waited tables? Running in spaces where servers are carrying full trays? Absolutely not. The staff will really dislike your table, and they will not notice or care if your kid is cute. Please don't be those people. Signed, Anonymous, on behalf of every server, ever. Uh, This is totally legit. I used to be a server myself. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. I felt appropriately, like, hand-slapped. Like, oh, you are right. This isn't unsafe. It's unsafe. In my defense, the restaurant that we were in literally was like ballroom huge and and there weren't many people in it. I think I would have thought differently if it was like a crowded little bistro. But still, I deserve I, I like it. I like a talking to from our listener. So thank you. Next, we have a letter in response to our supporting gender expression episode. I love your podcast and the suggestions you gave to the listener. One thing you didn't address enough is the child's statement that boys are better than girls. I hope that as their parent has many conversations going forward with their child about sexism and potentially reframing the phrase to being a boy is better fit for me than being a girl, or I find things traditionally attributed to boys more exciting than those attributed to girls. I would also suggest reading about accomplished men, women, and non-binary individuals, scientists, athletes, artists, etc., who express their genders in a variety of ways so that their child can see examples of people of all genders achieving great things. Hopefully, they can both talk about things they admire and find things that they like and might want to emulate. I know the website A Mighty Girl has some great resources about women who express their gender in a variety of ways, but I don't have suggestions for a specific website for other genders. As a woman in STEM, I don't experience gender dysphoria, but have had to work through my own feelings of boys are better than girls well into adulthood, because that messaging is still way too prevalent, unfortunately. Even well-meaning discussions about sexism can leave the people in the room feeling that being a boy is superior to being a girl. So it's really important to address that idea on its own. Thanks. A woman who loves math and hates high heels. It's another good point here. Very good points. Thanks for keeping us, uh, all of you out there, keeping us to the letter and the things that we sometimes miss. We appreciate it. Next, we have a special audio delivery with some great advice for dealing with shrieking kids. Hi, I'm calling in response to the shrieking child question, and I loved all of your suggestions and wanted to just add a couple of more. The first is a book called The Explosive Child, which really helps 
parents learn the cues before things turn into a meltdown. Um, so that's really helpful. The second thing, it does sound like maybe the child is dealing with some kind of overload, sensory or otherwise, and perhaps a weighted blanket or a toolkit that they could use in transition times. Things like fidgets, stress balls, putty um, might help those transitions. And then third is actually a recommendation for the parent who struggles with auditory overload. You can find earplugs on Amazon that are meant for concerts that block out excess noise, but you can still hear voices. So it's really nice because people can talk to you, you can still respond to them, but it brings everything down a notch and it makes it much more bearable, especially when kids are being loud, which is, you know, always. So love the show. Thanks. Well, thanks so much. I I feel like with Shrieking Kids, the more things you have to try, the better. Mm -hmm. Our last letter here has some ideas for kids who are learning to participate in household chores. Hi, mom and dad. I would like to add to the suggestions for the Wrangling Preschool Tornadoes letter. First, invest in kid-sized cleaning tools, like a small dustpan and broom. Second, it may be helpful to assess whether items in the kitchen slash playroom slash bedroom are easy for the kids to access. For example, we recently put up some new hooks at kid height so that our five-year-old can easily hang up her jacket and bag when we come home from school. And sometimes the almost two-year-old can too. We also put all of their plates, cups, etc. in a low cabinet so they can get their own dishes for meals. As a bonus, maybe you could try a fun new kid fork to inspire using it at meals. All of these things made the kids excited to be able to do the household tasks on their own and introduced responsibilities. Also, Elizabeth, I had your voice in my head when I exchanged numbers with two new mom friends recently. I texted them my name and my kid's name and immediately put their info in my phone. Thank you for the good tips. Love the show. Thanks. Um, first of all, way to make a new mom friend. I love this. And I totally forgot about the tiny cleaning toys. <laughs> Did you? I got those for the boys hoping they would help. But what ended up happening is they would switch me for the larger. I mean, it doesn't matter. They were still cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I spent many times like sweeping with the tiny the tiny broom and dustpan. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's a really good idea, though. Kid-sized cleaning tools. Well, thank you all for sending in your thoughts. We absolutely love hearing from you. If you want to let us know what you think or send in a question, you can email us or our favorite, send us a voice memo to momanddad at slate.com. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll jump into our listener question. We're back and ready for our listener question. Take it away, Shasha. Dear mom and dad, we need help with screen time. Our eight-year-old is an only child and will sit and watch TV for literal hours if we don't stop him. I've realized that the limits I had as a kid no longer exist. I'd turn off the TV if there was nothing good. I could put on a VHS but that was a limited resource. But now, between Netflix and Disney+, Plus, there's always something that he'll watch. I don't want to cut him off entirely from screens. For better or worse, it's part of our culture, and I don't want it to become sort of forbidden fruit. He's enrolled in sports and other activities, and he regularly plays with a group of friends in the neighborhood. But when he's home, he ignores his many books and games and art supplies and toys— and reflexively turns on the TV. Maybe there's no easy answer short of hiding the remote, but how do you teach kids to self-regulate in the era of binge-watching? Help. 
Okay. I am 38 and I can barely self-regulate. So yep. I don't think that an eight-year-old should be expected to self-regulate with these uh, evil algorithms and you have to regulate for them. I agree that they shouldn't, you shouldn't cut TV off entirely from them, but you just have to make it a finite source of entertainment. What we do is every night at seven after we get ready for bed and before we do our reading, uh, the kids get to watch TV for a little while. And on the weekends, they get a little bit more. And when they're sick, they get a lot more. And when we're on trips, they get even more. So it's not like, you know, we are we are completely rigid, but we are saying there's only a limited amount of time you have access to this because if no one's telling me to like go and do something else, I could sit and watch Netflix all day easily. And, I, and I'm 38. You're the regulator. You just have to do it for them because I can't self-regulate and I struggle with this because I don't want to hand it down to my child, you know, and like she sees how connected I am to my device. You know, television is just an easy thing to just let her do while I'm cooking. If I have something going on in the house, you know, as opposed to forcing her into playing with toys, but you have to, like, you just have to. And this is something I've not done as much. I'm committing to do more of it in the new year and I want you all to hold me accountable, but like that you have to force that other time on them. They're not going to self-regulate. You're going to have to say, right now you're doing this and they can scream they can cry they can get upset if they want to but um if given the choice between anything and tv they are probably going to pick tv yeah yeah i i also feel like here's the bad news you've lost control and (laughs) you need to establish a system that works in your house that limits the amount of tv time and there are so many great options out there. There are apps to help you do it. There are apps that that manage it and hand out TV time. Um, you can use a checklist of things that have to be done before we turn on the TV and just really trying to get ourselves engaged in other things. And honestly, most days we kind of run the clock out. And unless like the plan was to watch something as a family, or, you know, I need to use it as a babysitter, or I just need some time, which all of those are okay. And we can get so absorbed in other things that it doesn't even come up. But I yeah. I am thinking back about the, um, the interview about um, teens and phone usage that we had on the show and how much they, these teens were saying, I wish my parents had set me up better for this, mm-hmm. um, for understanding the struggle and for already setting up a system where I don't just get on my phone all the time. And so I understand that. And I was just thinking that this is really the first opportunity you have. Like, if you think of this as I have this chance right now at a younger age to deal with screens when I have so much more control, Mm -hmm. that when they do have the option of having a screen in their pocket all the time, I've laid some of this foundation. And, And some of that is your child is old enough to have a conversation where you say, this is why that much screen time is bad for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, not only is it a time suck, all of this, but like, this is why it's enjoyable. It lights up these pleasure centers, and that's great. And there are definitely times when we all need that. Um, But there are other ways to get that as well. And if you think about it as like, once you sit down to watch TV, it is very hard to get up and do something else. So if you can try to do the other things 
first or set a a hard timer like the timer goes off and it doesn't matter where you are in the show it's over like start instilling and enforcing some of those things i think then you can count on them to start self-regulating with your help but it doesn't really sound like right now there's been anything other than hey don't you want to go do something else it's like well no i don't want to go <laughs> do something else this is amazing and i'm going to get more you know feedback from the next episode like i want to know yeah. what what has happened we have gotten a lot of traction from audiobooks just because they feed the same sense um, and the kids can be working on a puzzle or playing and getting that same kind of like ability to zone out and go into another world um, but they're kind of not zombified in the same way because they're doing something with their hands and the kids really like that and mm-hmm. I do find they're like oh I don't want to put the audiobook down and there's just something about that that makes you feel better you know they're yeah. they're doing some other activity at the same time, but a lot of times when they want to watch something, that is what I offer instead. I also think when we're talking about little kids, a lot of times I've invited parents to to sit down and start playing with their kids. And I think this yep. is another place where you can really do that, even though they're older. There is just something about if you're going to do a project and you're sitting at the table doing the puzzle or you get out a board game, yeah. I find that, that that parent attention or that idea that you're going to do this with them can overcome that, yep. even if later you need to walk away to do a job or because you have something, you know, you just have household jobs to do saying like, well, I have time right now to do this. Come sit with me and let's just do this for 10 minutes. And, you know, when the 10 minutes are up, we can go do something else. A lot of times they choose to stay. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Just make the other option irresistible. Make it make it more compelling than TV, which it is when you're all doing something fun together. Thanks for writing in. We hope some of our advice helped. We would love to hear how your break went and if you made any changes. If you have a question for us, of course, listener, email us at slate.com. It's finally time for recommendations. This is the part of the show where we shout things out that we love. Zach, what do you have for us today? Well, speaking of screen time, we just watched one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid this weekend, Homeward Bound. Did you see Homeward Bound? Mm-hmm. This... I think yes. when I was a kid. Yeah. Maybe. I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. If I'm not mistaken, this was the first movie that I cried at. Um, <laughs> it's such a sweet movie. If you haven't seen it, it stars two dogs and a cat on this heroic journey through the Sierra mountains to find their family who they think abandoned them but was actually just on a trip um and this is like pre-cgi so it's actual dogs and cat um like talking sally field plays the cat and donna michi and michael j fox play the dogs um but like you don't see their mouths moving so it's just like um (laughs) frankly like primitive in the tech but i think it still works very well my whole family watched it in two sittings it's like 70 minutes like you know which is like how how short kids movies should be um but it's so good and pulls at your heartstrings and if you have an animal if you're like me you will like go down and just like lay with them um for like an hour and cry in their arms uh, after you watch this movie it's it's a really good one and apparently there's a sequel homeward bound lost in san francisco which uh, i'm sure is half as good but uh we're gonna watch that sometime soon too it's a classic homeward bound i love it jamila how about you well you know i'm good for recommending something that's like already a pop culture phenomenon (laughs) so you didn't need me to tell you about it but i am recommending wednesday on netflix 
I loved it. Naima loved it. It was so good. I only wish that we hadn't watched the six episodes as quickly as we did because this is the rare occasion where I actually want to watch it again. I just really enjoyed this show. Um, this is the Adams Family thing? This is a teenage, maybe 14-year-old Wednesday Adams. Um Maybe 14, 15. She just looks so small and so young compared to her classmates. But she's in high school and she's at this boarding school called Nevermore where her parents met and fell in love. And there's a murderer on the loose. Mm. And Wednesday is trying to solve the crime. So it's not good for super little kids. Um, But Naima was into it and wasn't creeped out too much at all. I was a little worried. There's not a lot of graphic stuff, but there are a few, you know, icky moments. But you guys, it's so good. And it, like I just love the Adams family growing up. It's very different yeah. than the Adams that you knew, but it is so much the Adams that you know at the same time. And it's directed, at least some of the episodes are directed by Tim Burton, who did the Tim Burton, yeah. The Christina Ricci um Adams family from the nineties, right? Yep. So that's pretty cool. Sounds like some some good prestige mystery programming. I'm excited for this one. All right, well, I am recommending something that is currently unbelievably keeping my car clean. We have Mm. tried, like, everything for all the stuff to keep the kids entertained while we're driving or when we're going somewhere. And this is actually a friend messaged me and said, this is working really well for me. And so I went out and bought these, um, Hmm. the Mala portable drawing case from Ikea. um, And I got three of them, as was her suggestion. They have a nice little handle and I have a little thing they can hang from, like a, a little hook that goes to the back of the car seat so they can hang them up. But I also can just gather them up and throw them in my trunk. But what makes these so great is they unzip so it's like one of those pillow drawing things that sit on your lap and there's a case on the top and there's a built-in little clip board thing but you unzip it and it's got a ton of pockets and it can hold a notebook a coloring book an activity book all their different pens um so i let them stock it up for what anything that would fit in there for what they wanted in the car And it's been great because it's super easy to tidy up. Like, it's easy when we park the car to say, like, zip everything back in. Uh, Everything stays pretty neat in there. I can throw them in the trunk when I have adults in the car. It's just been really great. It's been been working for a few months, um, which is (laughs) kind of incredible. Uh, And just... The kids have everything they want. They can bring them inside and restock them. Um, definitely littler kids would have a, a hard time, you know, doing the zipper and putting stuff away. But it's not that hard either when I, if someone jumps out of the car for school or whatever, right, and I need to clean it up. It just takes a few minutes and has really limited the mess in the car, which is just so nice because that is one of the things that just um, when we're on a road trip, like I will go out at night and try to get the car all clean again just to have a fresh start. So the Mala portable drawing case from Ikea. I'm sure there are other ones out there, but these ones are cheap and pretty great. I love this. Very it's 15 cool. bucks. It lo- it's like the size of like a laptop case. It, it yeah, looks it's like a laptop, really like a, like a little lap desk. Clean. Yeah. It's very cute. Um, and you can, I mean, it, the kids, when they've drawn on it with marker, it like kind of wipes clean, but I'm also sort of like, who cares? Cause it's their desk, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. This is so a, give great, it a, try. Hopefully it a works great holiday gift. Yeah. Like a fun, especially if you have like a road trip or something coming up where you're going to mm-hmm. drive to grandma's i don't know i just feel like we're in the car so much in the winter going to things and i just need them to have something to do that's not to talk to me that's it for our show we're back on thursday with our holiday party episode featuring all of our littles and a visit from hosts of mad F past you 
won't want to miss it, so be sure to tune in or subscribe so that you never miss a show. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Christy Taiwo Macandula and Rosemary Nelson. For Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.